Let's talk about the breakout prospects of 2023 for the National League. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're probably part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Jace Medical. Take care of yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Looking at the breakout prospects of 2023, something that the everydayers have been asking for, and we're going to do it one division per segment, two shows, so National League goes first. That is the senior circuit. We're going to start in the National League East, and some of these were easy. Some of these were a little bit tough, and some of these are guys that we've talked about before, right, for the Atlanta Braves. Right-hand pitcher A.J. Schmitz-Shaver, drafted in the seventh round in 2021 out of high school. Uh, Open 2022 in high A and made it all the way to the majors. Had five appearances in the majors in this, like in his age 20 season. That is not something that you see all the time. We knew he was a good pitcher coming in. We didn't know he was going to be number one prospect in the system, pitching at the major league level at age 20 good. So some of these we've talked about before. Jet Williams, second baseman and center fielder for the Mets. I'll put a thing up here. We've talked about him quite a bit recently. I'll drop it up here in the corner and in the show notes. Uh, But a guy that we haven't talked about a lot is Phillies outfielder Johan Rojas. So he's in a little different scenario because he's done some of this at the major league level. But IFA back in 2017, okay? And coming into the year, had not gotten above double A. He finished last year 60 games in double A Reading, 260, 333, 387. Nothing to write home about, right? This year, oh, I'm sorry. After that, he goes to the Arizona Fall League, puts up a good performance, albeit small sample size, goes, com- comes in, starts the year at double A, and looks very good in his age 22 year in double A. 76 games in AA Reading, 306, 361, 484 for Johan Rojas. Nine home runs, 34 extra base hits, 24 walks, 259 strikeouts, 30 of 38 on stolen bases. So obviously the speed's there, the on-base ability is better than what it was. The power production isn't anything mind-blowing, right? It's not, uh, that's not his game, but he's out there, he's able to get on base, And so he gets promoted from double A straight to the majors and moving from double A to the majors in 50 games, he's batting 300, 300, 344, 442 is the slash line, two home runs, 12 extra base hits, five walks to 31 strikeouts and 12 to 13 on stolen bases. But here's the big thing for Johan Rojas. Yes, offensively, he's contributing and that's fantastic. You're happy if he can contribute because the reason that you wanted him at the major league level is his defense. And depending on which metric you use, 
Johan Rojas might be one of the best outfield defenders in a decade, okay? He's got over 14 defensive runs saved in just like 300 plus innings in the majors. Outs above average, he's at six outs above average. He's added 5% success rate and his arm strength is like 94th percentile. And to clarify here, you've got DRS and OAA, defensive runs saved, as it sounds, is measuring runs. So if this ball were hit this same launch angle, velocity, and all of that with the runner on third, how often does that run score? If that run scores for somebody else and does not score for you, that's a defensive run saved. Uh, Outs above average is measuring outs, which doesn't translate directly to runs. Uh, Outs above average kind of weights in, like, would an average fielder have made this play over you? And so fundamentally, they're evaluating different things. Outs above average is measuring how good you are at making that individual play. Defensive run saved is measuring how good you are at preventing runs from scoring, which isn't, there's pros and cons to both approaches, right? Stopping the run from scoring ultimately isn't entirely up to you if you're a center fielder, but like what you can control, you can make the play and outs above average while useful. The goal of baseball is to not allow runs, not necessarily to get outs. The goal is to allow less runs than you score. It's there's different things there. Don't even get me started on UZR ultimate zone rating. That third way to measure defense. This is not an exact science, but the point is Over 14 defensive runs saved in like 320, 319 innings is absolutely absurd. It's a ridiculous number. And the fact that he's able to contribute offensively at all, coming straight from double A to the majors at age 22, is phenomenal. And with Bryce Harper entering the lineup at first base and Kyle Schwarber moving to DH, Now you can do Nick Castellanos in right. You can do Brandon Marsh, who was your center fielder, in left, and Johan Rojas in center. And that gives you uh, really good defense in both left and center. And you have the ability to mitigate whatever sort of issues Nick Castellanos may have defensively in right field, which every time we say that, he does like he did in the postseason last year, makes great like sliding, diving catches and things like that. But... Johan Rojas coming into the lineup has allowed them to do a lot of different stuff and to mitigate some of the terrible defense that they were putting up as a team and specifically from the left field spot because that's where Kyle Schwarber was and he was the worst left fielder in baseball. Some of the other guys in this thing, the Nationals were a tough team to look at. I ultimately went with Christian Vaquero and yes, he was one of the uh, preeminent signings in our international free agent signings in that 2022 class. But what he was able to do this year, 252, 383, 359 for the slash line in 58 games, two home runs, 15 extra base hits, struck out three times in 58 games with 41 walks. Better year than he had in the Dominican Summer League and was able to show that the prospect pedigree was right where it needed to be. He he was correctly evaluated, and he is a top prospect. And for the Marlins, Xavier Edwards, the second baseman and outfielder, is the guy that I have. A third different organization, right? Started with the Padres, 
then was with Tampa Bay, and now with Miami. And here's what's wild. 93 games in 2022 in AAA Durham with Tampa Bay's organization. 93 games this year in Jacksonville with Miami's organization. So exact same number of games. He has improved every part of the slash line by at least 100 points. His batting average went from 246 to 351, 105 points. For Xavier Edwards, the on-base went from 328 to 429, 101 points. The slugging went from 350 to 457, 107 points. He cut his strikeouts from 75 to 30, while increasing his walks from 43 to 52. He hit two more home runs, actually hit for a lower total number of extra base hits in Jacksonville, but more home runs and more triples. And so has been promoted to the bigs, has been playing some second base, been playing some outfield, depending on where they put Luis Arise. I think while Jorge Soler was out, Arise was DHing a lot, and Xavier Edwards would play second base. When Jazz Chisholm was out, he was popping out to the outfield, playing center field. But the breakout guy this year for the Miami Marlins. In just a minute, we're going to get to the National League Central. The guy for the Reds is not going to be who you expect it to be, but we'll, we'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are just around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win up to 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now, with studs like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Matt Olson hitting tons of home runs. All you have to do is pick more or less on stats for those stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. You get your picks right and you could win big. And if you're good at figuring out which guy who's, say, not a home run hitter is going to hit a home run that night, dynamic payouts are live. Rather than having a set multiplier, it changes based on that individual player's odds of achieving that statistical goal. So, Use promo code locked on. You'll get up to a 100R match on your first deposit. Now, terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, but they're operational in over 30 states. So check out Sleeper today. Okay, so looking at the National League Central, some of these guys are guys we've talked about on this show before. We've talked about Owen Casey with the Cubs and how he has some of the best raw power in the entire minor leagues, right? We've talked about... Tyler Black just recently with the Brewers when we talked about the breakout prospects according to Jim Callis. But, and for the Cardinals, a couple of the prospect team of the weeks, we talked about Lucan Baker of the Cardinals, right? Something where at age 26, he finally made the bigs. He spent the ends of three different seasons in AAA before he finally made it up. But his slash line in AAA for Luke and Baker in 84 games, this is ridiculous. 334, 440, 720 slugging. Over an 84-game sample, Luke and Baker of the Cardinals put up an 1159 OPS. Absolutely absurd. 33 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 59 walks to 76 strikeouts. He hasn't had quite the same success in St. Louis. He's played in 20 games. He's batting like 212, but Luke and Baker finally, after a good college career at TCU, I think he hit, what was it? In, in college, he hit something like 30 home runs, but 
after a, a good college career, he put up a f- amazing AAA stat line and made it to the bigs. But the guy that I want to talk about, red center fielder Blake Dunn. I'm not picking, believe it or not, we're not picking Elliot La Cruz. We're not picking Matt McClain. We're not picking Noel V. Marte. And part of that is breakout prospect, right? We knew those guys were really good. And I'm going to talk more about Matt McClain and how I was a little bit wrong on him on Friday's show. But the thing for Blake Dunn is entering this year, he was, okay, so he was a 2021 15th rounder out of Western Michigan. So you're already not expecting a ton from a 15th rounder. That is typically an organizational guy, right? I'll never forget, I had a prospect tell me one time, the best insult he ever heard was, uh, you 20 guys have a job, so those five guys have a team to play on. Organizational guys, those are the 20 guys you're talking about in that anecdote, right? Like that's, you're here so that they have a, they have a team to play on while they develop to make it to the bigs. And he didn't help things by playing in a total of 48 games in his first two seasons. Now, wasn't his fault. That was injury in his, uh, in tw- I think it was 21, he took a pitch to the face. Yeah, he was done after 11 games. In 2022, he had a shoulder injury. He was done after like 37 games. But this year, started off in high A Dayton, was promoted to double A Chattanooga. I got a full week of watching him when I called Chattanooga versus Montgomery. Got a chance to talk to him on Sunday. Absolutely phenomenal. So 124 games combined between the two levels. 312, 425, 522. So there's your 345 slash line. If you're a, a person who scouts the slash line, there's your 345 slash line. 23 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 62 walks to 130 strikeouts, 54 is 61 on stolen bases. But for Blake Dunn, he got better in double A. He spent 77 games in double A. That season is now over. Chattanooga did not make the postseason. I'm sorry, they did make the postseason. They didn't win the second half. They won the first half. So they're still playing. But for Chattanooga, in those 77 games of the regular season, 332, 433, 556, 15 home runs, 32 extra base hits, 41 walks to 84 strikeouts, 35 at 39 on stolen bases. The on-base was better, the batting average was better, the slugging was better. The slugging was almost 100 points better. The on-base was 22 points better. The batting average was 46 or something like that points better. Doing this math off my head real quick. And we knew that defensively, Blake Dunn had a ton of tools, right? 70 speed, massive arm. The question was, how much could he hit? And his final year of college was 2020, he only got 15 games, and he batted 289. And so, yes, he batted 374 in Western Michigan in 2019, but baseball is so much of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of thing. And he batted 289 his final year of college, albeit a shortened season because of the pandemic. And the question was, like, yeah, he's got great tools, he's a super toolsy defender, But that's a very common profile, a guy who's super fast, who can run a ton, but just can't hit. The strikeout numbers are still a bit high for Blake Dunn, right? He's struck out more than once a game, 130 strikeouts in 124 games. But he's shown the power 
He's been able to get that power into games, 522 slugging overall and a 556 in double A, and hasn't seen a dip in the defense, hasn't seen a dip in the arm, hasn't seen a dip in the speed on the base paths. Something where he let off every single game that I called for double A Chattanooga. And it was something where just about every time Reese Hines came up to bat before Reese Hines had to leave the series for injury, Blake Dunn was on first base. And so it was always a, the pitcher was kept checking, throwing over, and then he would still somehow steal second multiple times that week. And the fact that he's been able to get everything into the game, uh, that's been the big thing for Blake Dunn. And I can see a scenario where Blake Dunn starts off at AAA next year, Louisville, and depending on how that looks, you may have an impact center fielder in the bigs next year. Uh, and, and to have him in center field, to be able to put a guy like a Reese Hines in right, and then to pick and choose from your other options to go in left field, all of a sudden, you've turned over almost every single position on the field with somebody better than who it was two or three seasons ago. And this Cincinnati team, that combined with all the pitching they've gotten, we talked yesterday about their num- number one rookie class this year, uh, about how scary that team could be. Uh, re- real quick, for the Pirates, I know we talked about Anthony Solomedo last week. That was Jim Callis's breakout. I've got somebody different, and for me, it's it's youngster Michael Kennedy, left-hand pitcher, fourth rounder in 2022. We thought he'd be good. He was 17 at the age of the draft, but he got in 13 games this year between rookie ball and low A. Two and one with a 2-1-2 ERA in 46 and two-thirds innings. 63 strikeouts, so 12.2 per nine, 225 walks, 4.8 per nine, one home run allowed. The walks are a little bit high. Some of this also is the umpiring and rookie ball isn't always the best. So you have to keep some of that into account. Uh, but the stuff, I like the stuff. He has he throws primarily a two-seamer, sits around 91-92. He's got a changeup as well as a sweepy slider that's really good. And you've got the, the directions, you've got velocity bands. It's a lot of really interesting tools for a guy that you didn't know how well he was going to transition to the bigs, the swing and miss stuff is there. You've got more projection to add velocity onto the frame. And so it has to raise the profile from, is he going to be a starter, maybe a number five guy to us, to depending on where that velocity ends up, you're looking at potentially a number three. And so to me, that's a big deal for Michael Kennedy. And that's why I have him as the breakout in this system. In just a minute. We're going to get to the National League West, where the Padres had a lot of interesting questions about which guy should be the breakout. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment is very important, but global supply chains are fragile and things like pandemics, natural disasters, even foreign travel can cut you off from the treatment you need. And so Jace Medical is your solution. You fill out their online form. One of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine what medications are safe and appropriate for you. Jace will send your prescription to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will get filled and mailed directly to your home. You have a direct hotline. You can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. 
And the big thing here is everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical's big offering is the Jace case. You can get more than three, you can save more than $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A C medical.com. Okay, so going over the breakout prospects in the National League, looking at the National League West was really interesting here as far as some of these were kind of slam dunks. Some of these were a little bit of trouble. We've talked on this show before about Michael Bush of the Dodgers and how much he has done and how hard it is to get playing time with the Dodgers at the major league level, right? A lot of the pitchers... I wanted to go with a Bobby Miller. I wanted to go with a Ryan Pepio, but we knew these guys were this good. I don't think we knew Michael Bush was going to have some of the best power numbers in all of the minors in AAA. Michael Bush is our breakout prospect for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's back at the major league level and has a chance of making the postseason roster and then possibly slotting into a starting spot next year. Uh, for the Colorado Rockies, a guy that came up a lot when we were talking about prospect team of the week, Yan Keel Fernandez, the outfielder, 107 ga- 117 games between a ball. And this is a guy who is 20 years old, 265, 313, 486, 25 home runs, 53 extra base hits in 117 games for Yan Keel Fernandez, 32 walks to 132 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. Not a finished product, plenty of things to work on, but made the futures game this year, uh, has gone up into close to the top of the Rockies prospect rankings. A guy who's done a lot of work this year and needs to be recognized and rewarded for it. Uh, For the Diamondbacks, a lot of people are wanting to talk about Yumin Lin and his emergence as a pitcher. I'm not convinced that's sustainable at a higher level because of the velocities that Yumin Lin, or the lack of velocity for Yumin Lin. My breakout prospect for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he was a second rounder in 2022, so it feels like we should have known he was good, but Ivan Melendez out of the University of Texas. 96 games between high A and double A. 272, 345, 578 slash line. Hit 30 home runs. 53 extra base hits. Now, you had some strikeout issues. 31 walks to 146 strikeouts. And it was something where plenty of strikeouts for whatever level he was in. He had 60 strikeouts in 38 AA games. He had 86 strikeouts in 43 high A games. But the power absolutely showed up in games. He showed you that even though he was playing a lot of first base at Texas, that he could be a third baseman at the next level. He's played more third base than first base this year. Again, the power has been there. And he's shown you that with some work to refine the swing and miss and the pitch recognition, he could be an option for you in the future. But the big conversations here are around the Padres and the Giants. For the Padres, do you go with catcher Ethan Salas? Because he was signed this year and finished the year in double A. Do you go with Ethan Salas or do you go with a guy like a Robbie Snelling? 
because Robbie Snelling picked at number 39 overall last year out of high school, got a good bonus, but absolutely dominated the minor leagues this year. Started off in in single A, single A, high A, double A by the end of the season. 22 starts, 11 and 3 record. Record doesn't matter in the minors, but that's exceptional. We got to at least acknowledge it. 11 and 3 record, 182 ERA in 22 starts, 103 and 2 thirds innings, which is a lot of innings for a guy who was in high school last year. Okay. 118 strikeouts, 10.2 per nine to 34 walks. So three walks per nine and only four home runs allowed, two of those in single A. As much as I want to give it to Ethan Salas, we knew Ethan Salas was going to be good. I don't think we knew Ethan Salas was going to be finish the year in double A good, but we knew Ethan Salas was going to be good. We expected Robbie Snelling to be impressive, but we nobody expected him to finish the year with a 1.56 ERA in double A. To me, Robbie Snelling's the breakout prospect of 2023 for the San Diego Padres. For the San Francisco Giants, this was really interesting. Luis Matos uh, was one of the options I considered here. Very good player. Obviously, made it all the way up to the majors this year, has played in almost 70 games and is batting 264. But we knew he was good. Now, his year didn't finish well in high A last year. His 92 games in Eugene with the Emeralds, 211, 275, 344, right? Whereas this year, he does so much better in double A AA and triple A. I ended up giving the award to Mason Black, right handed pitcher. 28 games between double A AA and triple A this year after being a third round pick in 2021. 379 ERA and 118 and two thirds innings, 151 strikeouts, so 11.5 per nine, 251 walks, 3.9 per nine, 16 home runs. 29.6% CSW rate. We to- I told you we we're looking for 28 to 30%. So right there, swinging strike rate of over 11%. But it's how he was able to reinvent himself during the season, which made me think he absolutely can can compete for a roster spot or for a rotation spot next year. Something where he entered the year with a changeup that he threw in the, the mid to high 80s. He really hasn't thrown a lot of them in AAA this year, but fastball sits 94. He's got a really good looking sweeper, sits in low 80s. He's got a curveball that he rolled out this year. He's got a cutter that he rolled out this year. And so, like, fastball sweeper, curveball cutter, changeup, he can sequence really well. Uh, he's got the right kind of mentality as far as being in, like, in a competitive mindset, but not letting his emotions do- control him. And just, he can alter how he does stuff based on what he needs to do. He can uh, induce ground balls with the fastball if he needs to. He can get swing and miss with the sweeper. He can fool you with the chain. Like he can do whatever he needs to do to get out. It was really impressive watching him do things here. And so for me, Mason Black was the breakout prospect for the Giants. Stay tuned tomorrow. We're doing this same exercise for the American League. Really interested to see what's going to come out of that. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, you have show ideas, anything like that, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm an I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We've got a Discord, we've got a subtext, we've got emails. All that's in the episode description in the show notes, so let us know. Until next time, remember, it's always a great time 
to pay a minor leaguer.